This is a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on FUBAR Radio. (coughs) (coughs) (laughs) And we're back. We're back. We're back. It's it's Thursday. It's five o'clock in the evening. It can only mean one thing. It's... Fan club. Fan club on it's Thursday not, at five. I'm, I'm only I'm only pulling your plug here. It's 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 midday on a Friday. The weekend starts here. Yeah. Although for most people probably in about six hours. Hyacinth. The weekend starts here. He died, didn't he, the other week? Clive oh. Swift. Clive Swift. Yeah. Um have you worked with Clive Swift? No. Al Clayton has. He has, as 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 a guest in the second hour, I believe. Oh, really? Well, mm. we can talk all about Clive Swift then. I'm sure we can. <laughs> no, okay, we won't. We won't mention Clive Swift. <laughs> oh, Hyacinth, Onslow's parked in the driveway. We do some great impressions. Don't that we? is a fucking. It's a good impression. A, Richard, is it Richard? I think it is, Richard. Isn't I think it? that's a that's a very good impression. For those that don't know, that is a very good impression <laughs> of a Richard uh, Bucket from uh, Keeping Up Appearances. Yeah, I bought you something in the week, but uh, bought I'm only, me something. Yeah, but I'm only gonna. Oh, my name's Nick Helm. My name's Nathaniel Metcalf. And you're listening to Nick and Matt Nathaniel Metcalf's <laughs> fan, fan club. club. It's always important, I think, that you do your full name. They yeah. they know who I am. Maybe I should so. call myself <laughs> Na- Nathaniel. Nathaniel Metcalf. Nathaniel Metcalf. For these uh, two hours. You're listening to uh, Mock and Nats. <laughs> M- Mick, and, Mick and Mats. Mick and Mats. Mick and Mats. Man Mub. <laughs> Pat and Nicks. Um. Oh, what, I do like Pat Sharp. So, um, <laughs> I'm a big. No, uh, he used to say the weekend starts here, didn't he? Did he? On, fa- on, uh, oh, on, on fan no, club. Fun, yeah. <laughs> on on uh, f- uh, fan fun cl- house. Fun club house. Fun house. Fun house. And he yeah. used to say, the weekend starts here. Mm. And it would be like, yeah. It's, we um, could probably get Pat Sharp actually, on Actually, the weekend started. I, I don't think we're going to be able to get Pat Sharp. Have you met him personally? <laughs> and does he work at FUBAR? <laughs> we're probably not going to get Pat Sharp in, though. Um... <laughs> But if it's a comedian that uh, we've been on an open mic circuit with for, for 12 years, then we can probably get him. Uh, next week's guest, Joey Page. We managed to snag him. Managed to snag uh, old Joey Page. Uh, lots of uh, anecdotes about his wedding, no doubt. Um, that he probably uh, didn't have time to tell me when we went to the food bar Christmas party just before just before Christmas, actually, uh, funnily enough. <laughs> uh, so we're looking forward to getting old JP in. Not Jurassic Park, Joey Page. So, um, <laughs> what were we talking about before that? <laughs> Fucking hell. I've forgotten. Oh, dear. I enjoyed the flight fancy. Keep up appearances. Keep we, up did appearances. we did I've that. I've got you a present. Okay, oh, you got you me a present. present. Uh, first rule of fan club is... Uh, tell your friends, friends about, about fan, fan club. club. Second rule of f- fan club is, please, for love God, <laughs> tell our friends. Fucking... <laughs> 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 yeah, tell your friends. Thanks, Wrigley Scott. Thanks, Wrigley Scott. Worm uh, director. Sir, Sir Wrigley Scott. Um, I suppose if he ever needed um, uh, an assistant director, he could just cut himself in half. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. <laughs> he's, 
It's a worm. worm. The, the greatest worm director. We really got a bit of fan art this week, didn't we? It there did. Was, uh... Anyway, I got you a present. Right, but you. I'm not going to give it to you until I finish with it. Um, I got you. Uh, should I tell you what it is or should I not? Uh, yeah, tell me what it is. I got you um, <laughs> the box set of On the Up. On the app with Dennis Waterman. <laughs> yeah, and I've started watching it, and he doesn't do the he doesn't do the uh, <laughs> he doesn't do the uh, opening title song for the first few episodes. Doesn't he? Does he? Oh, that does surprise me. That song is always that was in my head for years and years. Maybe she will buy a dress straight off the, the peg. peg. I'm on the up. <laughs> Fucking hell, good one, Dennis. Fucking hell. Did he write the songs or just sing the songs? Uh, I feel like he writes them. But he might not. He might not. On the up. On the up was. Uh, I mean, I'm one to. <laughs> I'm one to uh, to comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the new Dennis Waterman. I am the new Dennis Waterman because uh, I obviously, uh, for those of you that don't know who I am, I was. <laughs> I formerly had a career Nick as Helm. a sitcom. I'm Mock Melm. Mock Melm. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was in uh, the uh, TV series Aunt. <laughs> Which, uh, which later we later found out it was a typo. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Someone had it written on the top of the script, didn't they? <laughs> and, uh, um, but uh, what, what was it about that? Oh yeah, it's, uh, I got paid less for the second series of Uncle than I did for the first series of Uncle <laughs> because, um, which is absolutely <laughs> mind-boggling. Think about it. That's not how it works. Let me get my agent onto that. <laughs> uh, She's less, the one, less. She, you've got less. She's the, she's the one that did the deal. Um, <laughs> it was like I got paid because uh, I used to get paid per song as well. All <laughs> oh, right, so, okay. And then the first series, I wrote six songs, but they only used five. Uh, there was a song that I wrote for episode five with the family that they wanted like a um, what do they want? They wanted like a Mumford and Songs type song. Which I think is on the Uncle uh, soundtrack, but it was a Mumford and Songs type song. So I wrote this thing that <laughs> that wasn't. A bit, it was going to be like during the montage sequence when the, both of all the family are playing football out in the garden, and um, yeah, they didn't use it. <laughs> I don't blame them, but I still got paid for it. When we did the second series, the budget was a lot less, so uh, th- they only commissioned me to write four songs, uh, and. Um, uh, <laughs> And so I got paid two songs less for the second series. As the first series, <laughs> third series came along, uh, renegotiated my uh, contract. So good, I got good. I got paid more as an actor, but because of that, they said we only want two songs from you. I think it was two or three, and I was just like, well, do you, know, do you even want to put any songs in it at all? Because if you don't want to put, if it, it started off with six songs and you only use five, second series was four, and now you're just saying three, and it's just like if you're only putting them in there, you know. To keep me happy, then let's just not do it, right? Because it's it's embarrassing. If anything, I'm not Dennis Waterman. I'm not just going to insist that you use my songs. If you don't want to use them, don't use them. Uh, and they said, no, it's all right. We'll 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 we'll, we'll use them. <laughs> and so I think we ended up doing like four songs. And then there was a song. There was a melody, medley. Oh, speaking of our guest, um, Esther Smith. Uh, she's coming. She's coming. She's coming in late in the second hour. But the, there was a medley for the last for the last one, and they just said, "Well, we haven't got any money, so we'll just get you to sing I Like Like You' again." And I was like, 
but why are we why are we doing <laughs> why are we just repeating a song they said because we can't afford to pay for that. I wasn't charging much either and it was part of the contract right and so I wrote that I, I wrote the medley I think I wrote one of the songs but I, definitely I wrote the medley for free I just said it would just be better so we did that so what I did was I took like four of the songs that we'd done over the three series that all involved Esther's character Melody and I put them all into one song and I was horrified to find that every single one of those songs used the same three chords. <laughs> <laughs> they fit perfectly in the medley. It was just like, oh, it wasn't even hard. Because um, that was on purpose, wasn't it? So it was like, on purpose, because I way knew you one would day, know. I knew one day that we'd do it. It's like when them. composers do it and go, well, that's why I use those notes over and over, because it's, it's basically about the same person. <laughs> yeah. So it's quite clever. Yeah, that's their theme. Yeah. But, um, it's, but it's not. But they were all the same. They were all the same chords. But I, in my defence, I don't write music uh, with an instrument in front of me. So I'll write the songs by like walking down the road and singing into my phone, and then uh, it just so happens that um, uh, my my natural uh, pitch is about an E. How did it happen that the less the second period had a, had a smaller budget? Because surely it works where they go. That's no. that's a success. So no, what they do, uh, I don't know whether they do it anywhere else. But what I noticed um, with the uncle, and you know. Um, I'm not going to buy any hands that feed me, uh, although it has been a few years. Um, <laughs> what I noticed with Uncle, if anyone at the BBC is listening to Fubar Radio, you should really be listening to one of your own radio stations, shouldn't you? Uh, but what I noticed with BBC is what, how, it, how it works is that um, you do, um, you do a, they, give you a, they give you a fairly small budget for your first series, right? And you do it. And then when it comes to the second series, basically, uh, artistically, the writers and the directors and all of the crew and all of the, like the, the art department and everyone like that, they go, right, well, this is what we achieved in the first, we're not creating, in the first series, we're not creating a world anymore. Uh, so we know what the world is. So a lot of the energy goes into creating the world. So then when you get to the second series, you go, from a creative point of view, you go, let's see how far we can push it. So let's do, do it, it bigger and better the second time. Mm. But what happens financially from a production point of view is that um, they'll go, oh, we love the first series that you did on a small budget. Um, well, do that again for less. <laughs> and you go, what? But what's the logic? Uh, the, the, the logic is that they don't want to spend more money on it. You would think, and I don't, and I think it works like this most places. You would think that the way it works is that was great. We're going to pile, we're going to pile mm. loads of money into this and see, uh, and see, you know, and, and expand it and make it bigger. But in actual fact, what happens is they go, that's brilliant. So what? So, so in, in terms of writing stuff like a song for free, for instance, from my point of view, but I didn't really care about that. But what will, what will happen is you'll have like a makeup department or the art department and they won't have enough budget. So that what they'll do is because it's their work on display, their work is going to be on a, on, on a TV, TV show, show. Uh, and they don't have the budget to make it good. So it, if they use the budget, it would be a bit shit. So what they do is they put in extra hours for free in right. order to make it look good, okay. right? So it basically, what ends up happening is personal pride uh, gets, you know, yeah, it takes over. Because because they said oh, we're just going to reuse a song. And I was just like, you can't reuse a song. That song is already in the series. So if you're going to reuse it, why don't we do something where we kind of do a medley? Where if that's the sort of tone that you want, why don't we do that? And so um, 
Uh, and so uh, out of personal pride, you go, I'll do this work for you for free. And then uh, the financial people go, well, you managed to do this amazing show uh, on, on budget and on time. And you go, yeah, but that's because everybody involved in the production in every department, especially with Uncle, because everybody that worked on Uncle, we had people that rearranged holidays so that they could come back from the first series and work on the third series. So when we got to the third series, we had the best people that worked on the first series, best people that worked on the second series. And the third series was just like, and we filmed in the summer. And we normally filmed in the winter. So the third series was like a three-month barbecue. It was just like mm. everyone was happy. Uh, it was sunny when you got up in the morning it was sunny when you got home at night and normally you get up at like 5.30 in the morning it's dark and then you get home at like 7 o'clock in the evening and it's dark and then when we filmed in the summer it made such a huge difference you got up at 5.30 it was daylight you got home at 7 it was daylight it was just like it was it, it was just such a lovely experience in the third series um but but everybody loved that show so much that everyone went above and beyond and just put in yeah, they just tried loads harder. of stuff for free Extra extra hours, people are seeing, and then extra, extra hours means that you're seeing your family less, you know. Mm. And everyone's putting in all this extra work, and it's very stressful because they love the project. But from a financial point of view, you're not getting any more money. Mm. It's just personal pride that's like going, well, that's going to be seen for mm. years to come. And if you know, if it looks cheap, then what are you going to do about it? I mean, we saw something recently where everything about <laughs> yes, it, we, we saw a film recently where everything about it looked like they'd cut corners and spent the entire budget on cocaine, and it was just like it was so cheap. And I've I've never been in I've never been in a cinema um, where I've seen a professional film and noted how cheap the art department. There was like um, there were like posters that were in the background that were meant to be like scene setting, and they just stuck out. So they just all looked like they'd been printed off on a on, on a printer ten feet away from the camera and just stuck up at the last minute. It was just it just looked awful. And when you look at something like um, Charlotte Pearson, who did the art artwork on, um, who was head of the art department on um, on Uncle, I mean, she just went above and beyond with mm. everything. Everything just looked lived in and real when we did Uncle, and they didn't have. And I mean, they had some budget, but they didn't have much budget. Yeah. For instance, when we did the fucking um, No Survivors video, um, we did a No Survivors video. Where it's basically meant to be like a plane crash, yes. and then yeah, and then I've been there for a while, and then it turns into like this Mad Max thing, right? And th when we got to the, I had to try some costumes. When we got onto the costumes department, they said, "Well, you can either get, you can either have the pilot's outfit." Or you can have the Mad Max outfit, but you can't have both. Bearing in mind, this wasn't my concept. I wasn't directing it. I'd written the song. It was someone else. It was Lila's, uh, Lila's concept for the music video. And they were just like, I was there with, the, with um, Helen Wolfenden, and the costume uh, lady. And so it was me and her at this costume department on Balls Pond Road, but just us two. And, it, and she was just like, going, we don't have the budget for both costumes. You can either have one or the other. And I was just like, I'll pay for the other one then. So I paid for the other one. I paid for the pilot's outfit. You know, it was like 100 quid or whatever. Didn't get that money back. But you just like go, why? There's no yeah. budget to make these things the way that you want to make them. Yeah. So people have got to like put their own kind of work in and their own tech. Anyway, that's a little behind the scenes look at what it was like to make Uncle. It was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> uh, will there be a full series? Um, well, that's nothing to do with me. But uh, I'd, I'd, I'd make it until um, until I was burying the kid. I would. <laughs> He's going to die before you. I'm are, definitely going to outlive him. Right. I definitely am. Um, we should get Elliot on. He's 18 now. <laughs> he can hear some swearing. Um, yeah. So uh, 
what have you been up to? Oh, so are we going to do fan mail or are we going to do... What time is it? Oh, we've only done 15 minutes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Can we just knock off early? It's jagging, it's jagging right? today, isn't it? It's jagging. Just That'll do, wouldn't it? Just want to reiterate, I'm not remotely bitter about any of that. I was really happy to spend... No, I know, I, I know. really happy to spend... But I think that's it. I think sometimes I do stuff which is... I mean, the whole of... The choosing to do the Edinburgh Festival is a financially terrible idea. The whole comedy industry yes. is based on favours <laughs> yeah. that never get repaid. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, you go, right, yeah, oh, I'll do that gig for you, yeah, and then... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but that's but I think that's um, that's almost every single uh, creative, creative endeavour. Mm. It's kind of like if you're a graphic designer, you uh, you get people coming up to you all the time, and you're can you do me some of that for free? And it's just like, well, no, because that is my job. Oh, but in the future, I might give you some money. In the future, I might <laughs> might give you a ticket to uh, come and see me above a pub. <laughs> all right. How does that all sound? All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, uh, I think because it's well, my dad is like that because um, so my dad is creative. My dad paints pictures. is uh, is a watercolor artist, um, and uh, I had to just sit down because he was just giving his pictures away for free. And then if he did charge money for them, he'd give all the money to charity. And you go, yeah. you're not even making your supplies back. Yes. And so I just had to sit him down and say, look, it's not, it's not against, uh, although he is retired and he just wants people to see his work and stuff like that. But you go, um, yeah, it, it's not ripping anyone off mm. by being, being fair. The only person you're ripping off is yourself. Yeah. It's, it's giving a fair price for something that you've worked on is uh, not an unreasonable thing. Yeah. To be, but because I think because people that are creative also feel like it's not a real job and uh, they feel sort of ashamed um, that they're even doing it. And maybe it, everyone that is creative feels at some lev- some degree to be a bit of a fraud. Yeah, they're and lucky so, to have. <laughs> um, uh, Nathaniel's uh, Dell screen has just collapsed. Um, what's, <laughs> what's been going on in the food bar studio? <laughs> uh, you won't believe this at home, listening, but hopefully we've got it on video. We've got some footage... Yeah, we could play that. It's just. It's done it now. But I think creatively, on some level, people feel like they don't deserve. They don't deserve to do it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so you go, oh, what this? Oh, you just have it for free. Mm. I think you do things as well where you go. It's in a. In a. I'll do this thing in a small room, and I'll. So if I sell every ticket, I'll make. I won't have made the money back, but it'll be fun for the people that go and see it. Mm. <laughs> I do things like that and go. Have you lost money on that? Yeah. <laughs> so when I did I Think You Stink I lost loads of money on it and the only way you think that maybe I can make some money if I do it in Edinburgh every day for a month and uh, we charge more for the tickets which is the cash cow Edinburgh yeah that's where you're gonna <laughs> that's where it depends if you get a big enough venue I suppose now, you, can. you can if you get a big enough venue now and you sell out every day then uh, then yeah it's not been my experience weirdly I don't know <laughs> when I was doing the free fringe so, so you're saying I should book a really big venue next year book a massive venue next right. year yeah and uh, I think uh, if we mention it on this show a few times, <laughs> it'll, probably it'll take care of itself. Brilliant. Uh, also, we'll probably try and get Joey to mention it on his show, yeah? Brilliant. So, what are we going to do next? Shall I ask you a, I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> going to ask you a question from... I mean, we've not... I do some fan mail. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm moving house um, today, and um, I, I've literally... Uh, the money for the, my new flat came out of my bank account. 
uh, over the weekend, mm-hmm. and um, I'm having a bit of a bit of an effort. So I just wanted to just see if we could renegotiate our uh, contract on air. Um, we're currently doing this show uh, <laughs> for the for the two hours. Uh, it's the same rate as what we were doing for the one hour when we originally started Fan Club. It was one hour, and then we got uh, boosted to two hours. Talking about giving stuff away for free, and we said, "Can we get paid twice as much?" Because we're doing twice as much content. And uh, you said no. But now we're on air and I've just looked at my bank account. Um, can we please renegotiate and see if we can get twice as much money for, 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 for this? Do some reviews. But is, is that's, not, <laughs> that's not a no. Okay. It's not a no. It's a maybe. It's not a no. That's a maybe. So I'm waiting to find out from uh, my uh, estate agent uh, wh- when I can pick my keys up. And it should be at but some point. you've already point. paid for it. I've paid for it all. I've that just sounds got to, dodgy. I've just got to pick, I've just got to pick the keys so up. So the money's gone she, from your account. Yeah, she's gone She's gone quiet. But, um, <laughs> uh, but, she would um, do, probably. I do have her email address. Although okay. I have been emailing her and it has been bouncing back. What's her email? Uh, it's uh, 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 sound <laughs> legit. Well, it's it's Brenda Lee at yahoo.org. I don't think I'm sure it's fine. Is that a thing? I think that's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay, it's good. I think happy homes. Gov. Yeah, I think that sounds fine. Yeah. Fine. Anyway, I should be, uh, I should be, uh, I should be. Do you know what? Let's make this game interesting. Um, I should be moving at some point this afternoon, and uh, I'm very excited about it. Um, it's my first. It's my first Hello. place. It's my first place that I've ever. It is. I've been renting for all my life, and uh, I'm going to move in, and something awful is going to happen. <laughs> anyway, um, so, <clears throat> I, well, I, I just really want someone to get in contact with me and tell me that they're going to give me my keys. <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be it? lovely. Yeah. Because what good is uh, a flat yeah. if you can't get into it? Which, what good but, to spend money on a house if you had, don't have the house at the, the end of it? The one drawback is uh, that uh, I currently live five minutes around the corner from uh, Food Bar Radio, as we know. The good uh, news is Slightly right? further away for you. Yeah, yeah, it's away, a different yeah. part of London. But uh, it uh, takes well, quite a long time I'd for you I'd say it takes get. about 40 minutes. 40 minutes, yeah. door to door to door? Yeah, yeah. actually yeah. easily, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, and it's also... Uh, it's quite busy, isn't it? It is in the, the time of day when you're it's, doing it's it. A bit yeah. so it's awful, really. Rush hour, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the busy it gets for me is when I have to queue behind one person in order to get, you know, uh, a, a Levi Roots uh, drink. <laughs> Caribbean Crush drink. Caribbean Crush. And, uh, and then that's not a terrible queue. But like I say, I only live like five minutes around the corner currently, mm-hmm. as of today. But, um, but when I move, it will be um, slightly further away. How how much further? About about another two minutes. About seven minutes. So I'm so. going to be about seven minutes away, which okay. I'm not best pleased with. No. But I will add up. Does the that mean you're going to be even later? The thing <laughs> is that it will add up. Well, I will be even later because currently, when we meet in Starbucks at in eleven, morning, uh, 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 eleven for you, eleven twenty-five for me. <laughs> uh, currently, uh, when we meet up in Starbucks, because you're only five minutes away, so the time works in a weird way. Yes, but I don't need to watch you eat. So <laughs> when we meet up in the Starbucks in the morning, that is actually on the way past my house. Right. Yeah. So that so Starbucks lays almost equidistant uh, between my house and the Fubar studio. Okay. Uh, but now what will happen is I'll have to actually walk past Fubar 
to get to the Starbucks and then I'll have to double back on myself, which wouldn't be the first time, and <laughs> go, go to the food bar studio, uh, go back. You know, I'll have to like, go and, you know, cover my steps uh, like, a, like a Daniel Torrance uh, from the end of The Shining. Double uh, back in, like, uh, in, the, in the maze. Like ZZ Top in Back to the Future 3. <laughs> Uh, talk about not putting your own money into something. Fucking hell. I went to see ZZ Top at Wembley. <laughs> Fucking hell. My favorite, my second favorite band, Thunder, were supporting uh, ZZ Top oh, yeah. uh, at Wembley. We went to see, uh, and I took all, I took uh, Andy, my music producer, uh, Jamie, uh, the guy, uh, one of my friends. Uh, and Andy's one of my friends. But, uh, Jamie, the guitarist, and uh, my friend Ollie, and we all went to see uh, ZZ Top. We mm. thought this will be good. And my friend uh, Luke Morley from Thunder mm-hmm. was supporting them, right? Very exciting. Um, and we went, and we were at Wembley. We were at the far end of Wembley facing the stage, right? Uh, I think Luke got a seat, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so we're miles away from the stage. It's time to come out. And Andy and Jamie, they're sort of musos and they're a bit snobby. And they were like, um, well, we're really looking forward to seeing ZZ Top. And mm-hmm. I was just like, well, you know, Thunder are a really good band. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But ZZ Top, right? And then Thunder came out and they were fucking incredible, right? They did, they did a good job, right? And then ZZ Top came out. And fucking hell, it was the cheapest show I have ever seen, right? They were at Wembley, Wembley Arena, to be fair. But they were at Wembley, right? And um, uh, they had these screens, yeah, Yeah. uh, display screens that they were projecting all their stuff on, um, right? That were five foot tall. <laughs> like they were, they were. They were like tellies you could buy in Dixon. The two guys from ZZ Top were taller than the <laughs> projection screens that they had. They were put. Up, they were put like it was like they were doing kind of like uh, the opening for a hard rock cafe. <laughs> and it was like it was like at Wembley Arena. We were fucking miles away, and they, they, like the screens were like the sort of screens that ants would watch. It was they were tiny, tiny screens. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I double backed on myself like ZZ Top from the Back to the Future Part, part three. three soundtrack. <laughs> so um, yeah, so uh, we, uh, long story short, um, I know you love Starbucks, but we're not meeting there anymore. <laughs> So um, I think we'll we'll do with this game. We've got this. uh, I've got I've got the Ridley's. Is it Ridley's? Ridley's Games Room. Ridley's Games Room. uh, Movie Buff Quiz. Uh, Of course, that is. uh, It was put together by which famous director? Ridley's. Ridley's Games Room. Ridley Scott. Tony Scott. That's right. That's right. Um, And so I think what I'll do is I will give you the. I'll give you the correct answer. Right, and I have to guess the question. And you have to guess the question, because this oh. is such a bullshit card game. It's the most boring card game in the world. Right. Uh, but I will give you the uh, question. Uh, I'll give you the answer, and you have to come up with the question. Right? Okay. C, Uma Thurman. Okay. Um, who? Uh, who is the lead character in the Kill Bill movies? In Pulp Fiction. That's very close. Who plays uh, Mia, what's she called, Mia Wallace Mm. in Pulp Fiction? Yes! You got the fucking yes! (laughs) That's great! Um, uh, It's bye!
Isla. I mean, we don't have a we don't have a celebratory. Uh, what, Natalie? You should uh, get, um, <laughs> get get to work on finding uh, Papa, like something like that. Get um, <laughs> what are you coming here for? Is we in trouble? What's what's wrong? Carry on. Oh, carry on. Okay, it's so. just you don't normally come in here. Um, uh, we'll do three of these, right? Okay. So we've done one already, yeah. right? Uh, so, uh, or maybe we could put. Um, we don't normally use this. This is for the gallery. Um, try and get some music for this Ridley's Games Room as well. Oh, you've got some. Oh my God! Why have you only just put them on the thing now? You're making me look like a bloody Burke. <laughs> <laughs> applause. So it's crowd cheering and applause. And then what's the other one? More. More of the same, really. Um, it's a nice uh, little music in the background. Have, that? You, have you got booing? Uh, if you don't, I'll just uh, record some from my set. Put <laughs> <laughs> uh, next gig. I've probably got some on uh, some of my, <laughs> my recordings. Some of my recordings from some of my previews that I've done over the years. Um, uh, fight Club. A Fight Club. You got some burn. Okay, good burn. Um, uh, Brad Pitt played Tyler Durden in which film? I mean, fucking hell! Tyler Durden is a character in which Brad Pitt movie? Fucking hell! That's incredible, right? Really? Oh, it's like how you should be playing, better or worse. It's, you're trying to imagine what the Ridley's games room. Sure. It's a little music in the background. It's quite pretty. D. Green. This is impossible. Green. This is impossible. Green. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I sniffed down the. Um, green. Down the microphone. Impossible. Impossible. I think green. it's hard. Green. I think it is. Green. Well, it's obviously green. it's D green. Is 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 difficult. Maybe I could give green. you. A, can I give him a clue? I can give him a clue. Pixar. Pixar. Oh. What is the colour of Sully? <laughs> no. Is it or the other fella? What's he called? Mike? Mike Mike Wozniak. No, <laughs> Mike, Mike Wazowski. In Monsters Inc. Yes! I mean that's great. I, I, do you know what? I'm enjoying this. Do you wanna go? More than life at the moment. No, because I'll be uh, um I'll be terrible at this. Oh, this is on point. Uh B Oscar. Oscar. O S K A R. Oh. Oscar. I think I'm going to get it. Oscar. Oscar. So it's a name. Oscar. Nothing Oscar. to do with the awards. Oscar. Oscar. Pass, I think. Although it did win a couple. Oh. I don't know. Really? Yeah. <coughs> what is the first name of... Liam Neeson's character in Schindler's List? Oh. Uh... I wonder what he was thinking when he made that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so uh, so uh, we're back. Silly old Liam. Oh, just silly old Liam. So uh, that was really good. So I guess what we'll do is um, uh, we'll play a song and then uh, we'll. um... Nick and Nat's fan club on Fubar Radio. 
that was Big Apple Dreaming by Alice Cooper off the album Muscle of Love, the album that broke up the Alice Cooper band. It's <laughs> <laughs> always interesting hearing those. Like, like every Alice Cooper song is, no, I don't imagine this is Alice Cooper. They're all different. But they're all different. They're, <laughs> they're all, all really completely different. different. That's the thing, because um, I just I just get it off my chest, but it's just like people go, oh, you like Alice Cooper? You'll love this. And then they play Poison, and you go, yeah, the most overplayed <laughs> Alice Cooper song ever. Oh, can you play something else? And then they'll play, and you go, I'd rather, if you're going to play School's Out, listen to the actual recording rather than you just doing it with your mouth. Um, but, you know, that's just me being picky. Um, 50th anniversary of his of him touring this year. Just is, yeah. Absolutely cannot wait. He's, uh, he's back, isn't he? He's back. Same old show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen him do the same show for... When was the first time I went to see him? 2000? 2000, 2000. Took a girl, I must have said this, took a girl to see Alice Cooper mm-hmm. in the summer holidays at university. Uh, and I'd never seen him before, and I was so scared. Went to see him at um, Hammersmith Apollo. It was he the br- is scary. It was the Brutal Planet uh, <laughs> tour. Yeah, but I, A, I thought he was going to be very scary. And B, I thought the fans were very scary. And then when we were queuing to get in, there were people uh, wearing kind of like Alice Cooper makeup and leather jackets and stuff like that. And they were just basically smoking out the front. And they were just like, going, come on, Alice. Come on, Alice. Like, it was, like, they were just like really sweet. And they were just like really excited about him doing a show. Went out. Absolutely. It was just incredible. I just had this huge... And it was a really different show then. Brutal Planet was a different show. It had kind of like a big concept. It's, it goes back to spending money on your own thing. It basically, you know, back then it was just kind of like, we're doing this big album launch. This is kind of his big comeback. Brutal Planet is his first album that he's done. Um, uh, since I think... It was his first new album that he did, a studio album that he did since Last Temptation, I think. And then in between he'd done some live stuff like Fistful of Alice and stuff like that. Um, but it was like I think it came out in 2000 and uh, Last Temptation was 93 so it'd been, he'd had a big like gap so it's like this big thing they'd spent some money on the production uh, watched it I thought it was absolutely amazing and uh, the girl I was with <laughs> just didn't smile once and then she made us leave before the uh, encore oh. and when we got to the uh, we got to the we got to the tube station to you know beat the crowds and while we're waiting for our tube uh, to arrive um, all the other people from the concert arrived <laughs> so if we'd have stayed and watched it it wouldn't have made any difference yeah. Uh, but yeah it, it didn't work out um, but um, but that was like, like a, a show where we'd actually put the money in where yeah. you go this is fucking wicked oh, and then, I saw him with you yeah. uh, four, four years ago something like that Yeah, and then it was like but it was a big show uh, where did you see it at the at Wembley. At Wembley. So he did three in a row. He did three Halloweens in a row. He did uh, the Roundhouse, which was good, but the Roundhouse is not a great venue for that because basically it's got a flat floor. Um, all floors are flat, Nick. But it wasn't like... Um, because it's such a small venue, it's a very intimate venue, which is great for Halloween, but you get there and... You're basically when you're stood up, the stage, the, the top of the stage is at head height. Mm. So if you're short, you can't see over anyone's shoulders and you can't see what's going on because it's such an enclosed area. 
and uh, when he got guillotined, it was so close to the bottom of the stage that you couldn't see what was happening. Right. So there was kind of like all of like the props and the special effects and everything that he did, you couldn't really see. But it was a very intimate gig, and that was that was that was pretty cool. And then the next year he did Alexander Palace, which was absolutely incredible. I mean, that's the best I've ever seen him. Uh, and that must have been 2010. Uh, no, 2011. Uh, it, was, it, it was Halloween 2011. It was absolutely incredible. I just um, I've, I've never seen anything as good as that. And then the year after he did Wembley, which was the year he infamously started bringing his Wake the Dead tour to life, where he did uh, put on some John Lennon glasses and sung Revolution. Don't you remember? It was the. I, don't wor- I think it's the worst In thing fact, I've I think ever I seen. Do he did that. Foxy Lady by Jimi Hendrix. That's right. And like the whole show came to a standstill, and he did like a bunch of cover versions from. I think that's when everyone went to get another drink. Or it something. was just. But it was like <laughs> for years and years and years, I've been trying to get all my friends to go and see Alice Cooper, and then uh, eventually I got like there was like eight of us that yeah. went: me, you, Henry Widcombe, Chris Boyd, uh, Chris Boyd, and, uh, and there were some girls, and uh, we all we, we all. <laughs> We, we went to see Alice, Alice Cooper, Cooper for one. We went to see Alice Cooper, and uh, Alice Cooper's okay. I'm not going to answer. Uh, but uh, Alice, we all went, and it was the worst I'd ever seen him. And it was just like, no, 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 guys, he's normally no, no, no. The weight of the dead thing. Oh, was I loved, awful. I loved the show though. Yeah, but it was better. Henry didn't. Oh, didn't he? No, it was almost like uh, used as a way of mocking me. And I was just like, well, I, I don't think you'd have liked him on his best day either. I think, but I was, you know, because my thing with him was I always I always liked him if I'd see him on a chat show or something. <laughs> He's so fucking... It, but when you watch it, it's like, you know, oh, I love this because it's just proper vaudeville. It's like proper, like, watching, like, a... Yeah. It's like it's like proper entertain. He's like an entertainer, and he? he's almost like an yeah. old school entertainer. And the bit where he gets he's his like, head cut off, but it's basically panto. Yeah, he gets his head cut off. At one point, he does a song while um, fencing right, yeah. someone, and I thought this is brilliant. And he goes, "Why doesn't everyone do this?" And he's leaping about like Errol Flynn on stage, jumping on things, the best, uh, having the, a sword fight the with someone. The best version was he sang "I Never Cry" while he was uh, being uh, hanged in some gallows, and it was. Ju- uh, I mean, I cried. It was beautiful. Uh, that was in the Theatre of Death tour in 2008, I believe. Um, but it, it was it was just... I mean, I never really talk about Alice, do I? I'm quite restrained. Yeah, no, I think you... you I play don't. a song every week, but I don't really talk about him. But uh, you don't fucking turn your fucking nose up at me, <laughs> Natalie. I don't. I play a song every week, but I don't. I'm, I'm going to spend the rest of my time here today, and all of my questions to Esther will be, when did you first hear about Alice Cooper? <laughs> and just that. Uh, the first time I saw him was um, not live, uh, but the first time I was like, hang on a minute, was uh, he did Clive Anderson Talks Back. Right. And he told a story about Julie Andrews. And, um, and I, he was so funny and kind of like put together. Must have been like 1990, around mm. the same time. No, it was after Wayne's World because he told a story about Wayne's World. Um, so it must have been like early 90s. But then I was just like, oh. And then I started listening to him and then I was like, oh. Um, but it was all those kind of old comics and things who got it straight away, right? So when he Groucho came out, everyone Marx was like... Was, he was friends with Groucho Marx, yeah. But people sort of saw it, didn't they? It felt like everyone was like, oh, this is shocking. But it was all the kind of old, sort of very old Hollywood people that were like, no, this is like theatre. Yeah. They get it in a way that... But it's think- like people that take jokes seriously. Mm. You go, no, 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 that's a joke. Mm. You, can't take, you, can't, you can't take that seriously. Um, and, yeah, it was kind of like, it's, it's, it's stage makeup. Yeah. It's magic tricks. It's the sort of stuff that, you know, magicians were doing 100 years before him. And he just 
started doing these sort of like tricks like guillotines and hangings and electric chairs and stuff like that and he was just doing them also but he just did them in another context he did them at a music gig rather than a magic show yeah and people were like wow we've never seen anything like this before and so I was like well you don't go to magic shows do you um yeah, it's really, uh, the, and, and one of the one of the uh, one of the other really weird times I went to see him was it was a couple of years ago, and um, he was supporting Motley Crue, but because he was supporting Motley Crue, he must have had it under contract that um, he wasn't allowed to play a uh, London gig uh, within uh, with, uh, with he wasn't allowed to do a gig within a certain radius of uh, the. Um, of the of, of of the Wembley gig that Motley Crue were doing, I think it was Wembley. So we we ended up going to see him. It was either in Swindon or Reading, but he was doing a school. No, he wasn't. He was doing. Literally, he'd have gone. Oh, by the way, uh, I'm doing a gig um, at a leisure centre in Swindon, <laughs> and we went to Swindon. <coughs> we travelled all the way to Swindon, and it was just like this was like a couple of years ago. And we travelled all the way to Swindon, and we were still in kind of like going. I don't. 100% believe that this is a real gig. <laughs> you know, we got there, we got out in the middle of nowhere, we had to walk from the train station. Like, How big was it? Stumbling around, trying to find this leisure centre. We got there, and it was kind of all trestle tables out the front with kind of like, you know, mums and dads going, hey, get your Alice merch, <laughs> you know. And it was like, all right, okay. And the whole place stank of chlorine, yeah. right? And then you went into basically, it was like a school gym. Yeah. And... And what, held what, like five hundred people? Maybe it was small. It was maybe uh, maybe it was more than five hundred. We were all stood, uh, but it was small, and um, and we were like, "Is this actually going to happen?" And then Alice Cooper came out in this like basically it was a school hall, and uh, and he did like the Alice Cooper. I think maybe we were actually on top of the swimming pool. They put like the floor over. I don't. I can't. I can't really remember because it was like busy and it was dark and all of that. But um, is it like the, when they have the Mac Arena in? Uh, in- I, I don't think I've really been in that oh, venue. Okay. But it would have been something like that. Yeah. Um, where they basically converted this. And then he did, the, he did like the full Alice Cooper show. And it was just, oh, wow, it was incredible. But you could almost like see stuff at the side of the stage as they were getting ready to come on. And it was, yeah, that, that was brilliant. Alexandra Palace was brilliant because they put, um, they put cobwebs and stuff all on the outside of Alexandra Palace. And then they hired uh, people to dress up as zombies to chase, all the, uh, ch- chase you around as you got there. And it was just like they did. It was like an all immersive thing. I mean, you go to enough Alice Cooper gigs, and they're all kind of different enough. But then they did get to a point where he, um, maybe about ten, ten years ago, where it looked like he'd stopped spending any money on the show. He does this thing. Along came a spider. Uh, no, what's it called? Uh, Vengeance is mine. Where he has uh, off the album Long Came a Spider, where he has these spider legs that come out of him, and they're all like attached with kind of like wire. So when he raises his arms, there are another like six little arms that come up, <laughs> and uh, the fish, the fishing wire had broken on one of them. So so there'd be like three arms would kind of like stand up, but then one of the arms was kind of like drooping, and it was like that for like three years. <laughs> Every, it's like you can just imagine that he wore it and then he'd go oh yeah I should fix that That's, I'll like, remember that it's like, it's like doing an Edinburgh show you go I'll fix that and then you get back on stage again I didn't fucking fix it <laughs> right remind me I'll fix it tonight that joke's still in it 
uh, I, I haven't rewritten that. You know, when you when you're in a set and you go, oh, I need to rewrite that joke. So I'll rewrite it tonight, and then yeah. the next day you're doing it again. And you go, yeah. oh, and you can see yeah, it. No one laughed again. See, see it coming. <laughs> see it on the horizon. You go, I haven't rewritten that fucking joke, have I? <laughs> and you got to do it again. Uh, that's yeah. So I guess in many ways we're all like Alice. Um, so uh, we're going to do some uh, fan mail. What's yes. the what 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 button? What button? What button? What button? Well, I'm keeping saying what button? What button? What button? What? Oh. Um, take a deep breath. There we go. Okay, let's have a look. So at here's this. some. I don't understand what's happened to the format of this screen. It says no. first page header. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that that's you did that. Only, only, oh, one, only one of us should touch the mouse at any one time. I fixed it, then. Nathaniel. It was like we were duelling then. Yes. <laughs> um, you go. You go. You go for it. Uh, I'll start the first one. It's uh, this one's from John Garrido, real editor John. Good. good is that is that uh, Garrido shoots first? Uh, good morning, John. <laughs> Thank you, Natalie, for keeping fan club working at its finest. Oh, fuck off, John. One. Did you pick this one, Natalie? Uh, one, if you... One... Oh, I think it's meant to be one of your American fan club fans. But I I think it might be the only one. We'll see. <laughs> Let's take that fan club. <sighs> <sighs> um, emails. Everything you want in a podcast. Five stars from Stuart Bittle. Short Stuart Bittle? That's like one of their made-up names. <laughs> He's misspelt brittle again. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nick and Nathaniel are hilarious. Oh, this, is this the email? Is that the, is that the subject heading? Oh, oh is, is it the same This is the whole I thing. I get it, got it. Right, Nick and Nathaniel are hilarious and refreshing. Mm. Always talking about interesting stuff and talking to interesting people. Not always. A light-hearted must-listen for anyone into music, movies and current <laughs> events. Not so much current events, are they? Uh, yeah, it is. It's oh, bloody hell. That Eric, Eric Sykes died the other, the other year, didn't he? Yeah. Eric Sykes. <laughs> Veronica Arsehole 67. Um, so, uh, so th- <laughs> Thanks, Veronica. <laughs> Thank you, Veronica Arsehole 67. Um, uh, I'm, I'm assuming 67. that uh, 67 was the year that your arsehole was born. Uh, <laughs> As to as opposed to how many fingers you can fit up it. Um, thanks. It's a nice email. A thanks, nice email. thanks, Veronica Arsehole sixty seven. What a lovely email. I will have to print that out and stick it on my wall. My wall of fame. My wall of fans. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, five stars! Fantastic show, show from Tim Tom one five six. Take it away, Nathaniel Metcalf. Love the work Mock Helm and Nathaniel McGuff are doing every week at Fubar Radio. Fan Club is the best thing Mick has done since Uncle. You've Mock and then Mick. So he's corrected himself in the second go. Yeah. Mock Helm, Mick Helm. I think he was aiming for Mick Helm the first time, but his uh, thumbs were uh, mashing the keypad. Mm. Uh, and uh, accidentally, probably instead of an I, he pressed an O. I'm doing it all the time. Looking down, they are right next to each other on sometimes, the QWERTY keypad. Sometimes I'll uh, I'll write a text to someone, and it will say, "I can't wait to be on you," and that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> Fantastic show, five stars. The honest Baron. Oh, hang on, sorry. 
why not? <laughs> why not? That's actually sounding quite good. Um, fantastic show, five stars. The Honest Baron. Love the work. Mick Helm. <laughs> <laughs> Dad? Father? Father? <laughs> love the word. Mick Love the work. Mick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf are doing every week at Fubar Radio. Fan club is the best thing Mick has done since what twice. So they've just Keep it's a virtually the same review. So maybe what they've done is that they've realised that they've posted mock instead. But it's a different person. It's a different person, but they're not allowed to re-review it, and they probably were. They surely could have deleted it though. Surely done it. I mean. Tim Tom one five six and the honest, but I mean that's what a bunch of fucking wank. Um, <laughs> that was only the, those were the only reviews that we had that week, were we? Uh, but keep your reviews flooded in. K- sorry, keep keep that review <laughs> flooding. Nathalie looks like she's crying. <laughs> keep that review flooding. Um, Are you all right? You're having a, a breakdown. Uh, it's good. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, I don't know how many listeners uh, we've got out there, but uh, certainly, if everyone has reviewed it, if everyone that listens has reviewed us so far, then um, I think that that's probably explains why they're now doubling up. <laughs> <laughs> they're now opening up. Uh, it's a Russian bot. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. What well, as long as they listen, I don't know what a Russian bot is. I don't know. Are they actually real people or are they um, computer generated? Um, I don't know. Machines. I think some people, some companies pay people from other countries to uh, just write positive reviews all day long or negative reviews. Vice versa. Uh, four Vice stars. Versa. Vice versa. The Fred Savage versa, movie, four yeah. stars. Like Father, Like Son. Um, like Father, Like Son. Vice versa. Like Father, Like Son. 18 again. Big. Big. <laughs> Turner and Hooch. <laughs> K9. <laughs> Any, uh, Victor, uh, Vic, no. What's, what's, what's some other uh, body swap comedies? Um, Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Friday again. Uh, anything, uh, anything else? No. Same film over and over again. Uh, Trading Places. Not quite the same. <laughs> you argued with yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying, saying Trading Places is a film where they do a swap. But yes. It's not quite the same. So not we went to see a film thing. this week, didn't we? Oh, we saw a wonderful I film. I have hardly week. seen any films this week. I saw two films this week. I saw all the way through. And then what I did was, because I'm doing that thing on Twitter, I uh, found all the posters for all the films that I'm halfway mm-hmm. through as a way of motivating as a way of motivating myself to uh, finish off uh, the films that I'm halfway through. It's just going to take fucking ages. But, um, <laughs> so the only ones that I actually finished off was I finished off uh, a little film that I like to call The Bible. Oh, yeah. I thought, I'll watch the movie and it'll save me from reading it. <laughs> uh, very much like what I did with Twilight. And uh, the, the Bible starring and directed by John Houston. I wasn't really familiar with this. I know they've done lots of Bible adaptations. In I the thought pictures. it was ballsy. I yeah. think you go, yeah, Ten Commandments, I can understand taking taking one of the stories... Uh, from the Bible, doing a movie, doing, doing a, a big movie, epic, doing a big epic, but uh, but uh, but the Bible seemed like a lot to bite off, and uh, and indeed it was too much. Mm. Um, so it wasn't like the others had gone. What are you working on? I'm doing uh, Ten Commandments next. Oh yeah, Ten what, Commandments here. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, just the Bible, just the whole thing. The Bible, mm. the whole thing. Yeah, got Ten Commandments in it probably. In 10 minutes, right? I did make me want to watch the Ten Commandments. I've never seen the Ten Commandments. What I do find interesting is I do love those stories. 
like the Bible stories. Yeah, I mean, I was brought up in quite a multicultural school, so I'm not I'm not religious or Christian or anything like that. But I do like them as uh, stories. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Be religious, but just don't take it out on other people. Um, <laughs> but um, but um, what, that's my club. What, what I what I liked about the uh, what I liked about the story. It's just sort of like they feel like. Um, uh, like fables, like allegorical yeah. fables where you go, right, I'm not going to take this literally, but I guess the apple that you're not yeah. meant to eat in the Garden of Eden stands for something yeah. and I'll work it out. But I won't take it literally. Um, I like Bible stories that don't, you know, like they, they, they actually don't really have a proper moral. It's like, what are you meant to learn from that? There's like the one, like the, uh, was it the book of Job where there's a guy who's really pious. So God basically wipes out all his family. And then he goes like, why have you done this, God? And God sort of goes, yeah, felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I don't really get what the message is there. So he's like, he's done all the things you want him to do, but you sort of treat him like shit, do you? The thing that I learned most from that book of Job was uh, I learned what the word pious meant. Because I had to look it up. Uh, I didn't. I'm just like, that was a joke because uh, I still don't know what pious means because I've just heard of the, uh, the, that story. And, and it's like, again, you know, it's like those spider legs that I keep meaning to fix, keep meaning to look up pious and I never get bloody get round to it until it comes around again. Um, what's interesting about the book of, what's interesting about the Bible is it starts off with the, the creation, then it yeah. goes into uh, Adam and Eve. Sure. Then it goes into Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. Of course. Then it goes into Noah's Ark. Yeah. And it's all very serious and epic until it gets to Noah's Ark, where John Houston <laughs> is directing himself, and it turns into like a slapstick comedy routine where Noah is uh, accidentally <laughs> stepping into a bucket of tar and slipping over <laughs> and falling down. And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And then it made me think maybe I should have been watching the whole film with this tone. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I've been taking it. You know when you completely misjudge like a tone. It's uh, Mel Brooks's Bible. It's really fucking weird. And then you go, "Oh right." And then there's like an intermission and then it does uh, the fall of Babylon and uh, which I didn't realise that's where the word Babel comes from when people are babbling it comes from Babylonians when uh, uh, God uh, gave them all kind of like um, I don't know I don't really know I was drifting off at this point because it does get very <laughs> serious but basically the main dude uh, is called what's his name is called Nimrod God? Nimrod <laughs> he's the main, main one the, the main dude in that story is called Nimrod right and you go oh like the, like the Green Day album and, uh, and so Nimrod uh, gets talked to by God and then all of the people from Babylon uh, talk in kind of like um, uh, sort of gobbledygooky yeah yeah way. yeah they, but they, they babble I and no that's where I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that. And then uh, George C. Scott turns up as uh, oh, yeah. Abraham, and uh, that goes on for fucking ages. And this, everything after the intermission is just like, oh, this is it's a three-hour film. Yeah. Everything after the intermission is not fun. But, it, it's but Jesus after that is it? Uh, they haven't got to Jesus. It should have been called the Bible Part One. Right. But, oh, but there's cheating, isn't it? So it doesn't even get onto Jesus. Uh, well, there's, isn't there? There's, uh, there's the First Testament, there's the Second Testament, and then there's the as of, of yet unwritten Third Testament. And I like to think of the Bible uh, as part one of the Brexit trilogy. It's not, it's, not, it's not a strong joke there, but hey, so uh, that's part of the <laughs> no, that's part of the current events that we talk about every week. There you go, <laughs> Brexit. So, um, uh, and when we went to see, the, we went to. I would I would recommend the Bible for all of you people that can't be bothered to read. Um, so, uh, but only the first half. 
Nick and Nat review the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible. Two stars. Um, it was more than that, it was absolutely star-studded. Yes. Yes. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, the first half, though, it goes like, bang, bang, bang. You know, it's just yeah. like, creation, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah's Ark. Hour and a half of absolute boredom. Started um, off with all the hits, and then they sort of ran out. Great says, those are my Noah's Ark. I think is just one of my favourite stories. Period. Really one, yeah. But it's ab- it's obviously bullshit. Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's clearly bullshit. Oh uh, yeah. What about? <laughs> Forty days and forty all of nights. The animals. What about all of the animals? That's all the thing. It's just like uh, it's like you're going to take one of each animal and put them on the boat. And you're going, Dragon, there's yeah, a point right. where he goes like. Uh, He's like, uh, right, let's uh, what, get a couple gets... of dogs on, a couple of dogs. And a couple of dogs come on. And then someone goes, what about different breeds? And he's like, sure, yeah, of course. Get, Alsa- uh, get an Alsatian on there. And then after a while, the, the, the ark starts filling up. And he's gone, oh, we're going to have to drown some of these dogs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then he has to like go back and go, we can't, well, we can't have every... We can't have every different breed. I thought what you were going to say, do you think there's a point uh, when he was on the ark that uh, he ended up fucking the animals? And I was just like, yeah, because you'd get so frustrated, wouldn't you, of like the same people over and over again, that suppose. <laughs> it's um, like, you've got to understand, you've got to understand, Mrs. Noah, I've been on here for 40 days. It's not, not that long. <laughs> 40 days? I mean, I've been on diets longer than that. <laughs> uh, and he was on a diet, a diet of bestiality. Um, so, uh, but the other thing is just like, what about the fucking fish? Oh, yeah. You've got yeah, one of on. each kind. You've got one <laughs> of each kind, right? You go, right? You get the fish on. Either you get one of each kind of each fish and they die on board. Right? <laughs> He's got them on the boat. They're all just the trap. But, but isn't the idea that we're all starting from scratch? Everything's starting from scratch. So yeah. then the other thing, the alternative is just too awful to think about. But it's basically Noah going around murdering every single fish other than one of each kind or two of each kind, male, female. Right. Going out whaling, killing an orca. <laughs> it's an absolute bloodbath. In a bloody bath. Mm. And it must have involved, at the end, when they get back and they go, <laughs> and now we have to repopulate the earth. It's incest as well, isn't it? Um, it yeah, mate. It's all incest, Bible I suppose. Like, never before have I really... Considered, I mean, I'm going to do a routine about this. Because uh, I think, why not? No one's doing Bible material anymore. Um, a bit old. Uh, I'm going to go through my uh, Ten Commandments set. And, and uh, expose to the world what the Ten Commandments really mean. Because <laughs> uh, I've never seen a comedian do that before. You've got to take but, down but, what the, but when you actually watch it uh, in, in film format, when you actually watch it, it's very apparent that it's Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. then they have two, two male kids, mm-hmm. Cain and Abel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Cain kills Abel, so then it's just Eve, her son, and Adam. Yeah. And then in the next scene, there's fucking loads of people, right? <laughs> and you go... Bloody hell, Eve had a tough weekend. <laughs> I mean, that is... I mean, that's it. We're all just... Uh, but when you see it like laid out like that, that, right from Cain and Abel, it's literally the three people on the planet, Eve, Adam and Cain, and then the very next scene is Noah's Ark, and you go, no wonder he wanted to drown us all. <laughs> Fucking hell. And then he goes, right, we won't start this again. So it's just you, Noah, your <laughs> wife and your kids. <laughs> you, your wife and your kids, yeah. And it's just, oh, fucking sort hell. Sort it out. Oh, fucking hell. Anyway, um, uh, we also went to see a film called Thunder Road. Oh, that was amazing. Really Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Go film. and see it. Uh, nothing funny to say about it. It was just really brilliant. Jim, Jim Cummings? Jim Cummings. He wrote it, directed it, and was in it. In every scene, pretty much. Almost every it. scene. And it's some of the best acting I've ever seen. And I like, like, 
just through the twitch of his eyebrows, he takes you from a really funny moment to something that's absolutely desperately yeah. tragic. And I think if you watch the trailer for it, it looks like a very serious drama. Oh, really? Yeah. I've not seen the trailer, but from the poster, I thought it looked like Super Troopers 3. Yeah. And I was just like, I think that this is going to be awful. And Although I was worried that, thinking back, I was definitely the first person who was laughing, and I hope it was meant to be funny. I was laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were both laughing. I mean, you, no, I think you, was... keep, you, keep, you keep this revisionist theory that you were the only person that found the film funny. I was sat next to you, and I was also laughing. No, I started laughing, but I remember laughing and going, uh, is anyone else laughing? No it's one funny, else, isn't it? No, no one else was like, There was a woman behind us that was kind of like uh, sniggering a bit but um, but no one else really laughed but then my point was we went to see Once Upon a Time in London two weeks before and the jokes in that were not good and all of the critics found them hilarious and you right. go oh bloody hell so it's, it's, it's what you like I don't know um, I, thought it was, uh-huh. I thought it was excellent me too uh, uh, one word review in three three two one Gripping. great <laughs> there you go you heard it here first on fan club <laughs> I can't hear it. I've got um. <laughs> oh what? Oh, hang on. Um, hello. Uh, did, oh, I pr- did I press the thing? Yeah, I did press the thing. Uh, right, right, we're back. We we're just listening to uh, the monkeys. We were just monkeying around. And <laughs> Peter Talk died, didn't he, from the monkeys? I went recently. Yesterday. Yesterday. Peter Talk was my favourite. There you go. Was well. it Peter Talk? Yeah. Which? Who was the other one? James. Who died? No, the, who's the other one? Mike Naismith. Mike Naismith. I really like Mike Naismith as well. Those are the two that I liked. David Jones was a bit, you know, um, too much, too much. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, Mickey Dolenz. Um, but what I they'll love do? Mickey th- what they'll do? Who are the surviving monkeys then? Mickey Dolenz, Mike Naismith. Yeah. Well, what they'll do with all their merchandise is they'll just knock Peter Talk off, and then it'll just be the two faces. Uh, we're joined in the studio <laughs> by. <laughs> By uh, uh, Esther Smith, uh, uh, you may know her from such series as Cockroaches, but uh, she's here in the studio. And, um, uh, hello, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good. Have you so, got any opinions about the monkeys? I used to love the monkeys. So there I you go. See, yeah, I was a big fan. I, I went to see the monkeys like a couple of years ago, and uh, basically they were selling monkeys merchandise, yeah. and they'd just taken Davy Jones off of all of them, so oh. that they didn't have to pay his family any likeness fees. No. So you have like a, and uh, but what was weird about it wasn't like because there's the three old old age monkeys that are now that are now monkeying around right uh, uh, but, but what's weird about it was there was the three of them that were on stage together right and yeah. so it wasn't like them now it was a 60s Hanna-Barbera cartoon version of uh, when it would have been the four of them and they just hadn't included Davy Jones so it was just the th- I've got the t-shirt oh, at home I bought it for morbid uh, fascination yeah. Yeah. I thought what a great t-shirt if I missed something, this is a stupid question. Why didn't they include David? Because they would have had to pay his uh, family likeness fees. Oh, right. Oh. Either that or they were like going... It was like a retro T-shirt, so oh, okay. why not include all Do four you think of them? And it wasn't that they were going, would it be weird to, to... Like, they thought it'd be weirder if he was on them than he wasn't. I think maybe they did have that conversation, but yeah. maybe I don't know. I just thought it was for fucking weird. That's so weird. But who's the? It's Ian Lee, isn't it? Ian Lee basically. Um, oh yeah, does he like releases like 
Monkeys albums. He releases he? Monkeys albums. He produces Monkeys albums. He does something. Mm. We should get Ian Lee on. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he would have been a great guest for today because. Anyway, so thank you for coming in. Uh, did you find the place all right? Uh, yeah, it's lovely. What yeah. you, which entrance did you come in? I came in the right one. And you, got, right off one. At, uh, you yeah. got off at Caledonian Road, did you? No, I got off on the bus. Oh, yeah, yeah, bus. I got off on the bus. This is lovely, though. What a nice building. This mm. building? Yeah. Never heard anyone say that before. Oh. Uh, but uh, I suppose <laughs> you're seeing it now for the first time. I'm seeing with, it with fresh eyes. With new eyes. eyes. And I imagine uh, people were very polite to you when you got here. Oh, lovely. So it's very much tainted, this building, to Nathaniel and I. Oh. <laughs> treated oh. very badly over the years. Everyone's um, really cool, aren't they? It's very, like, media, really. <laughs> oh. They are in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Everyone's cool very, guys. everyone is very cool here. Uh, the only thing that's not cool in here is, uh, is this the, room. Uh, yes. It's sometimes very warm. <laughs> um, uh, we're having fun. So, uh, <laughs> just to get out of the way at the beginning, uh, uh, have, um, you, have you got anything to um, have you got anything to promote? No, I just yeah, cuckoo, cuckoo's on, cuckoo's at the moment, on isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's on BBC iPlayer. It finished last Friday on the telly on BBC One well, prime time, and eleven twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> and which season was this? Season five. This is season five. Do we say season or series? We say series because we're British. Yes, I, I don't like saying season. To me, season is a spring or an autumn. <laughs> uh, certainly not a TV series. <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, season five, yeah. Series five. Series five. Series I've just series got and fucking done it. Five. Series five. Series five is good though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I'm. Yeah. I'm really chuffed because I love that. What job. gets five series now? Yeah, you're lucky Cookie. if you you're lucky if you get a second series. Uh-huh. Uh, so in my experience. No, oh, no. <laughs> lucky if you Uncle get a second did well. Series. Uncle got three series. Yeah, and uh, it was offered just just to lay the record straight. It was. Uh, Probably going to get a fourth series, but uh, Lila and Ollie, the writers, decided not to do any more. How is that right? I don't write it, and the writers have decided decided not to do any more. It's absolutely nothing to do with me. I would make it until, as I said, the child died. <laughs> so, um, who's now an eighteen-year-old young man? Sorry, that came out weird. <laughs> Now, What's the, what do you mean? What, do, what are you trying to say? Uh, just he's, he's not a child anymore. Right. He's all grown up. Right. So, do you know what though? I saw the. Um, I, I'm, I'm, right, I'm moving out, and I'm just going through a bunch of stuff, and I found the pilot that we made. No. That you're not in. I'm not in that. Um, and I found so your character in it though. My character it's is a, in it. It's exactly the same as the. It's exactly the same as the first series. As the first episode, it's exactly the same as the first episode, uh, except I think when we did it on BBC, it's about like four minutes longer for yeah. some. But I oh. couldn't, I couldn't work out where we. Anyway, I watched it for the first time in however many years, mm. uh, and it was really good that pilot. Oh right, no good. Yeah, <laughs> was this That's. Uh, I, feel, I feel like that is a neg. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm d- being negged. I'm, there's nothing positive that I'm saying about it. I mean, a neg is when you sort of compliment someone, but you add in. A, oh. But this is no. There's no compliment. Right. It was I'm brilliant. I'm always confused what a neg is. It was is. really brilliant. Oh, it's like saying I like your shitty eyes. That's oh. a neg. Like, oh, so you right. That's that's when you're kind of okay, giving yeah, giving yeah, with yeah. one hand and taking away like with the other. Well, like so God. you don't know where you stand. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you don't. It's a, shakes your, it's a confidence boost, but then it shakes your confidence, and then you go, yeah. I will marry you. How does that, why do you then feel like you like the person? 
That's what I don't understand. I think, it, I think you don't. I think it's very obnoxious. It's psychological warfare. Is it's basically... It's a way so it's of, to make you feel a bit... Oh. It's a way of tricking people into going, uh, oh, God, I, it's like, oh, I hate this person, but I like yeah. them. Is that how Stockholm Syndrome starts? No, that's when you tie someone to a chair and don't le- let them out of the house. Oh. Quite that is a bit like <laughs> negging, actually, because uh, they not, they're not allowed to leave, but you are just really nice to them. Yeah. And then eventually you go, God, I can't believe the police are still outside. <laughs> when are they going to give this siege up, mate? It's unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it? Well, thanks for feeding me. You know, that's, that's Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, um, not like a neg. But um, uh, no, no, I, it was weird. It was really weird watching it, but the kid is so young. Because how long after that did we start doing the... Uh, it was a year. I think it was a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It would have been. No. I think we filmed in November and the, the pilot in November. And they edited it. Or f- we filmed in October for a week because it was only one series, yeah. one episode. And then it came out in November. And then it got commissioned. And then a year later, we did the series in November. Oh, okay. It's kind of good for me though because auditioning for it, I'd already. I'd already seen the first episode in a way, right, so it was, yeah. that was like nice research. And you knew what you did. That was a good audition, wasn't it? That was yeah, that was lovely. Because we had to do a chemistry test. Yeah, I um, just come from dog walking. You've been that dog was walking, and you smell <laughs> of dogs. I smell of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> good times. It was good. It was good. <laughs> but imagine, have you ever had a thing where imagine being the person who didn't get to do the series? I know, but I I think they probably I think they're doing all right. Okay. Yeah. But to be, yeah, I, yeah, and to be fair, they cast everyone, recast everyone except for Daisy, me, yeah. and Con, and the kid, right? And actually, quite a lot of the others, Daniel Taylor, and, and everyone actually, was so different was just, as well. Everyone was different. Everyone yeah. did a different thing. Yeah. And also, no, I'm not. This isn't a neg, but um, <laughs> the, girl, the the woman that played Melody before was very tall. Yeah. And there was a different sort of dynamic it was just yeah. a different performance it's completely different but i also think that it was kind of like they they made a decision quite early on to just recast a lot, a lot of people yeah um it's weird though because basically we did the pilot and then the first episode of because the pilot was on channel four and then it moved over to bbc bbc three the first episode was basically we had to redo scenes that we already knew were good yeah. And I watched them, and there were some bits in the pilot that are much better That's than the first episode. Yeah. But overall, the series is better than... Yeah, the, yeah. I, don't, I think the, the pilot worked more as like a standalone thing. Mm-hmm. And then the, the first episode, it's almost identical, but it's sort of... There's bits of it that aren't quite as good. Bits of it are better. But uh, everyone complained about my hair. I don't have oh. a beard in the pilot. Don't you? I've got sideburns and stubble. Okay. And I've got really long, floppy hair. And... I quite liked it, and I wish we'd stuck with that. Stuck with your hair. Well, because now in the <laughs> real world, everyone always stops me and says, where's your beard gone? Where's your beard? And it's just like, you're talking about the character Andy King that has a beard, <laughs> and then sometimes I have a beard, and sometimes I don't have a beard. But you're talking about a that's character. That, and that's my choice. But if I hadn't have had a bearded uncle, I wouldn't have had to put up with that for fucking But years. also, if you're, but if you're a real person, as that character is, he would also probably have a beard sometimes, and then sometimes not have a beard. Yes. Yes, we're just about to start filming the second series of Reluctant Landlord. And when we did the first series, I was cast really late. Mm. And so when I turned up, um, I had a beard. Because I, in between jobs, I treat my 
my hair like a blank canvas. <laughs> so when I go in, can I can go. say, to do, what, do as you will. Do as you will. Do I as can, you wish. I can do anything. And they, just, they were just like on the first series. They were just like, no, that's fine. And so I ended up looking the way I did. <laughs> oh, no. And I was sort of like really unkempt. Yeah. And then uh, with this one, I'm just begging them to let me shave. I'm just, I've left it. I'm like, just, can I just have a moustache or something? Just something different. Do that's you prefer not, a beard. not having a beard then? Yeah. Yeah. I hate having a beard. So you only really about have you? I've kept mine quite full at the moment. Yeah, no, you're in between yeah. work. Because yeah, it's been winter. Yeah, there's a blank canvas <laughs> and do as you will. Is that why you do it, really? So you can go... They can if I've got a job coming up and I know that I've got to do a thing, and if I sometimes people want me to have a beard, sometimes I don't. When we did Loaded, I had a beard, and then we shaved it off and I had this handlebar moustache. Mm. And I wouldn't have been able to do that had I not. But that was one of the things. How is that going through life with a handlebar moustache? I, in real life, yeah. I would not have had the competence to do it yeah. because you just well, do you know what? I'd shave it yeah. when I was at home. I'd walk around the house mm. for a day, <laughs> and then as soon as I had to leave, I would go. Oh, I'm shaving that <laughs> off, and I'd shave. it's a bit like wearing a hat. <laughs> I wear a hat all day in the yeah, house, and then I'll be like, uh, just as soon as I, just as I'm about to leave, I'll look in the mirror and I'll go, the hat's coming off. <laughs> and so, and I so, do that, but because it was for a role, I had to walk around with a uh, with a yeah. moustache the whole time, and it, it was just like. I loved it yeah I loved it I once had to do a job it was my very first TV job and so I was really kind of like keen for them to do anything and they wanted to bleach my hair white blonde and that's really hard going from dark hair to white blonde hair material girl material girl anyway it was such and I I quite liked it but then I started going bald because it was so corrosive (sighs) to my hair and I used to have to go around with one side of my head like just hair falling out and they used to have to clip hair extensions in um yeah, just was that a worry at the time? Uh, well, to be honest, it was my first job, and I was just happy to be there. Happy to be there. <laughs> and also, you don't complain about stuff like no, that. No, you don't. You? Now I'd but be like, my hair's my hair's falling out. <laughs> don't worry about it. But <laughs> your hairdo in uh, Material Girl um, to give viewers an idea mm. of what it looked like. It was like it it was it was like bleached blonde. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the way it was all curled and stuff like that, it looked like. Um, uh, John Candy's hair <laughs> at the end of Spaceballs when he when he gets like a perm when he's like going to the wedding or whatever it is at the end of Spaceballs and it was just like like I mean I've never heard it described as that I mean it suits you I mean, but I mean it's like when John Candy has like ringlets put in and it's kind of like oh my god I um, look like an ice cream head like it was all yeah quiffed and it was an interesting interesting time uh, who was the male actor that was in that um the, do you mean like the main one? The American guy. Oh, Michael Landes. Who was Jimmy Olsen oh in the God. first series of New Adventures yes. of Superman? Yeah, Michael and that was, yeah, he was, um, the, you know, the, the dark haired one. Yeah. yeah, and then he got fired, not fired, because he got replaced because he looked too much like Dean Cain. God, why do we know this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I think people would watch, people would watch the New Adventures of Superman, and uh, Superman, um, I mean, Dean Cain is Hawaiian, isn't he? Yeah. And so people so. would watch the new adventures of Superman and assume that Jimmy Olsen was Superman, and then you go, no, 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 Dean Cain's Superman, and so they got rid of him, yeah. and then they got rid, and they, they got rid of the curtains. It's such a shame because I, when I first met him, when they told me that he was going to be on it, I proper fangirled about it because I really remember I used to love watching that, and I really remember him in the first series. I don't think they look alike. I, I guess it's more like just like similar vibes, maybe I don't know, but I just thought he was. Yeah, and I kind of, you know, told him that I was really like, well, we're in the makeup chair, but I thought I was a really big fan, and I don't think he really understood what I was saying because he just kind of stared at me. And then I kind of <laughs> in went what way? Back like, 
Would he, was he like, oh, God, not, not this? Well, I don't know whether I was being... I'm, I can be quite... I can get quite shy and I can be quite quiet, so... So he probably just didn't hear me, maybe. I was maybe, like, mumbling <laughs> at him. And you're and British. Then, and I'm British, and I've got a slightly Midlands accent, so maybe mm. he didn't... No, that's not... I'm a massive know. fan. <laughs> a big fan. <laughs> big fan. Big fan of uh, <laughs> Superman. <laughs> like you work in Superman. Why? That's, what's that one? It's Muppet. Oh, right, OK, that's a bit of a Muppet. Um, uh, Funny about side. I think I read an interview with Mark Gatiss? Gatiss? Gatiss. Is it Gatiss? Gatiss. Gatiss. Let's say Gatiss. Gatiss? I, I think call so. him Gator. <laughs> <laughs> and he was saying that when he was when he started doing Sherlock and he was producing <laughs> He would do these. Rubbish. He would do these auditions with people, and because he was on the other side of it, because he was producing it, yeah, he had this thing. We said, "I've got a different sort of realization about auditions." And then when you're doing them as, as the sort of producer, he says the reasons they don't pick people is just often for really silly reasons and oh, has nothing really? to do yeah. with like how good they were or anything. Yeah. And, he, and he sort of said he saw it as a completely different thing because suddenly it was like on the other side you go oh actually there's nothing personal on how he would take it personally yeah, I'll go well, yeah. what did I do wrong and often it's like some really tiny thing that actually makes the difference between them going oh that one and that yeah. one yeah. yeah I mean he says that uh, but in actual fact uh, it, is, it is pronounced Gatiss um, <laughs> from the man himself Mark Gatiss on Twitter at the Daily Crumb it is pronounced Gatiss and no other way just think gay 13th of uh, October, 13th, August, 13th sorry. Of, 13th of October, August, <laughs> it clearly says August, 13th of October, 2010. 15th of October, 2019. <laughs> 13th of August, 2010. Uh, so, um, uh, what, what are we going to say? Uh, he says that, but in actual fact, I know for a fact that um, I'm terrible at auditions, but um, my mum listens to this show and she says, we hear, we hear you saying that you're not very good at auditions. Um, so we think that you should maybe try a bit harder. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> sure, uh, I'll do that. Yeah, I will. I've bought a book on how to be no, better at auditions. It, yeah. But yeah, I, I was auditioning people for uh, my boxing short that I did last year. And uh, you kind of know when people walk in the room what you want. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and then it's, so, it's a bit of a leap of faith sometimes because mm. sometimes they don't quite nail it, but you have to go, oh, do you know what? I think that'll be good. Yeah, they have to trust. Yeah, trust that. But it's weird. Um, uh, I, what I want to say about telling him that you liked him is that I always, I always think that maybe it's best to play it cool and not mm. and not tell them yeah. that you like it. But then I worked with Alison Steadman, and all, <laughs> I spent the whole. I'd already met her. I, I, we went to Henry, Henry Norman was doing a radio recording of um, one of his poetry shows, mm. and Alison Steadman was there with all the baby cow lot because of Gavin and Stacey, I imagine. And then we all went for a drink afterwards. And Alison Steadman was telling stories about how uh, she used to go to the caffeine club and hang out with, uh, not hang out, but like be a beat a screaming, fan, a screaming teenage girl. I think she met like John Lennon because he just uh, and Paul McCartney because they just used, mm. used to walk down the street, you know, just because they were just people, uh, and they weren't like Beatles. They weren't Beatle famous then. They were yeah. from the Cavern Club. Cavern Club. Cavern Club. Cavern Club. Yeah. I keep thinking I'm saying Cabin Club wrong. <laughs> Cavern Club. Well, you are if you're saying ca cavern I'm and not, not cabin. Where the Beatles were. <laughs> cavern Club. The Cavern Club. The Tavern Tub. So, um. Better? I have no comment. No comment. Okay. okay. Pe peace and love. 
And, um, and uh, oh, fucking, I can't, I'm losing the thread of my fucking jumper. So, um, so anyway, so Alison Tumble was there. Anyway, we were, she was on Reluctant Landlord and she played my mum, and mm. I couldn't put a sentence together because I was new to the, like, literally, they cast me on the Friday, we filmed it on the Monday, and I spent the whole time playing catch up with everyone, just mm. like going, um, everyone knows each other. Yeah. I'm really paranoid. I've come into like this this family. They all did a pilot together. I'm the new guy, yeah. and I feel really like everyone's got like all connections. Um, and I'm just trying to re- remember my words. And yeah. I spent the whole time just wanting to say, what was it like making Pride and Prejudice? <laughs> I'm such <laughs> a massive fan of yours, and um, and I didn't, and I regret that. It's so hard, isn't it? Because I. Oh so hard to know what to do because I feel like I've come across so many people like Andy McDowell working with her on I never thought I'd work or meet Andy McDowell for like series 5 so I thought you said Andy McNabb Andy <laughs> no <laughs> very different person very Malcolm different. McDowell <laughs> right. listen to her right. what was it what like working saying? with Roddy <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so hang on. to be oh you did on. so so the first series of Cooker you weren't in no I wasn't in that was a similar situation so when you did Uncle it's the second time you replaced the uh, Another actress. Yeah, a, yeah. You're kind of like a bad omen to actresses. Well, maybe. I was yeah. yeah. No, I think that I think they well they all went on to do other other things. So it's not like I was like you know. But the first series was uh, Andy Sandberg. Andy Sandberg. And then the second, third, and fourth series. Yeah, was, was Taylor. Taylor Lautner. Lautner. Yeah. And then the fifth series was Andy McDowell. With Andy McDowell. And the yeah. idea is that you get an American in, and then it's sort of transatlantic. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, because cuckoos like um, you know like a a cuckoo bird com- comes into a nest and and kicks all the the eggs of the other birds. I think you're out. overthinking this. Um, and yes the idea is this yeah kind of big and they they always seem to get kind of really interesting kind of big American people to come in and they're all so different and they're all so brilliant in their different ways I would have loved to have worked with Andy Sandberg because I think he's so brilliant but I've been really lucky to work with Taylor and Andy McDowell but the series cookies sort of evolved because what was that film with uh, it was Brian Cranston and James Franco not him Anyone but him? Oh, I think I do know. I don't, yeah, it's but the original series of Cuckoo is kind of like a con- conceived as something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Where the daughter goes away and then she brings back this hippie that she's going out with. Yeah, really. And outlandish. then Greg Davies is like, oh no. And it's really kind of like it's Greg Davies and Annie Sandberg that are kind of going head to head. Yeah, and, yeah. And then when Taylor Lautner came in and is a different character and then you came into it, it became, I think, more of like a family sitcom. Yeah, yeah. I guess the dynamic changed and I guess it kind of maybe had to because it was a... Uh, because they were going... It was such a stretch from the first series. And people, you know, it's, I think it's hard to kind of change something up, especially if it's been popular and well-received because... Uh, takes time for people to accept change sometimes I think with things like that um, and so I think they were really brave and they really switched it up and um, uh, yeah and I, th- I think it worked really well and, and they're so different but I was a big fan of the first series I watched it from the start already anyway yeah. um, and I really liked it and um, yeah it just so happened the actress had a <coughs> other work and it conflicted so and she's you know really brilliant and then I just kind of come in just kind of being like <laughs> and you're thanks playing, for having me and you're playing Greg Davies' daughter and also Helen Baxendale Helen yeah, yeah. And, um, and you and Helen are sort of not the same but I mean did you have a, do you have a lot in common yeah I think yeah where's well, she from I, so she's from she was born in Shropshire she's from the Midlands originally I think it's Shropshire um, 
Oh no, she is actually from near Litchfield where it's filmed. Um, yeah, but we've yeah we've got a kind of had a weird similar kind of I don't know upbringing or we were both wanted to do dance and then acting kind of uh, happened and I mean that's not the only like similarity. Both got brown hair, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's yeah no. <laughs> I told you should be a mistake. <laughs> what I was going to say was, it was funny that you Nick was talking about feeling like he was an imposter or feeling like he was I wasn't the odd one about out. Me, I was talking about like creative people in general. No, 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 no. When you go into reluctant landlord, oh yeah. So sorry, well, did yeah. you have a similar thing? Do you ever go oh, into something and guys. feel a bit like, well, all these guys are friends? I have it all the time anyway. So to be in a situation like that is kind of that was like tenfold. And I can remember actually meeting. Um, yeah kind of meeting everyone for the first time and they yeah I was just like this is just so weird because also they're a family unit and they'd filmed all together and thankfully there were two other new characters that had started so Taylor and Matt Lacey um who played like my boyfriend in it had all started so uh, it was nice to have other people there but when I first met Helen Baxendale I did a similar thing where I fangirled to her but really quietly she didn't hear what I said. And just Why of, did you do it so yeah, quietly? I said, yeah, I, I just, just think I'm really big fan of what's you and friends and coffee, and I think you're brilliant. And then she just smiled politely and walked away. Oh, and if you're like, going to compliment someone, you've got to go for it. I know, you, I know. You, you know, you can't just swallow it like that, Esther. You've got to kind of like just commit to it and just I say know. the thing. Um, but so that brings us up to the fifth series with Andy McDowell. Yes. And so you are basically working with Miss... Uh, Mrs. Romantic Comedy, Andy McDowell. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I, I've always liked Andy McDowell. Yeah, yeah. And then I like list the films that she's been in, and yeah. then you go, fucking hell, so like uh, Hudson Hawk, which I love, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, when you were on set, I, yeah. you said that you were working with Andy McDowell. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I've literally just watched Hudson Hawk. Yeah. And, then, and then what? Well then, so then I um, we were we were it, yeah we were filming and I was like oh my friend Nick's a really big fan do you, would you mind just I don't know just like sending him like a video I've never done that before can you send him <laughs> a video and then she did and I said oh yeah she just what he just watched Hudson Hawk and she did um, what did she, she do? did she did the whole uh, bit where she pretends to be a dolphin that she does the whole speech and then she does the bit when uh, she pretends to be a dolphin from Hudson Hawk <laughs> and I can only imagine that everyone else on the set while she was doing it down the phone must she have thought she was fucking mental well. <laughs> because <laughs> she does that because no one's no one's seen Hudson Hawk <laughs> in a long time and she just went off and did it but Hudson Hawk uh, green card four wins and a funeral Groundhog Day mm. and then she was originally uh, in uh, Tarzan uh, yeah Greystoke Greystoke yeah. uh, Magic Mike 2 mm. But that's more recent. Okay. But yeah, then what yeah. else has she been in? Oh, gosh. Is that all of them? I reckon She was in Multiplicity. More. Multiplicity. Oh, Sex, Lies and Videotape. Sex, Lies and Videotape. Yeah. Um, um, St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, God. And who did she go off with in St. Elmo's Fire? Because she's not part of the main crew. She's like the gorgeous woman that comes along and uh, steals one of them. I don't think it's Andrew McCarthy, but it might be Andrew McCarthy. Oh, my God. Amelia <laughs> Estevez, right? Amelia Estevez, of course. But Andrew McCarthy, what a bow hunk. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and so you got to work with her. Yeah, yeah, which was incredible. And she's uh, she put everything into it, and she was just so dedicated, and she she's really funny, um, really humble. Um, How did yeah. you get her? 
Uh, you I asked don't her. Know. I asked her. No, no. <laughs> but it's like one of those things, isn't it? Because when you like saying, would you do this? <laughs> yeah, no. do you mind? When, when you're like saying that, uh, like going, well, we could go for someone like Andy McDowell, and it's just like, why yeah. don't you just ask Andy McDowell? Yeah, and then yeah. they asked Andy McDowell. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, but this is your story. But I'm just reminding well, it's not you of my what story. you. This is your I story. <laughs> it's more your story than my story. Oh, I'm just yeah. reminding you what you told me <laughs> at the time. Sorry. You know. Um, so just repeat what I said and then pass yeah, it off well, as your own. Yeah, well, we asked her and she said, she was like, all oh, right. That's not what I said. I said, no, I maybe just maybe we should just ask her. So we just asked her. Yeah. And then she said, yeah, I'm available. Well, I like you say, we, I don't have a say in it. Of course you don't have no. a say in it. You're, you're a meat puppet. I am a meat puppet. I am. I am. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, so, yeah, I guess that's a lesson, isn't it? Just go and ask people. I think, uh, well, that's, well, when we did Elephant... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally, um, uh, I went in for a meeting with Shane Allen, and I said, um, "Okay, I pitched it as a series." Yeah. And then he said, um, "Well, we haven't got any room for a series, but do you want to do a ten-minute online taster?" And I was like, in my head, not really. <laughs> um, and then, but then I thought, if it's online, no one's going to see it anyway. Yeah. So I said, "Okay, but uh, can I direct it?" And he said, uh, yeah, I guess. And then he asked my agent, do you think he would actually be able to do it? And then she said, yes. And then, but like, that's one of those situations, if you don't ask, you don't get. And and it's kind of like, and I'm never that, I'd never push myself like that, like in an obnoxious way. But we just then, you've actually got nothing to lose. No, definitely. And then we ended up going to the BAFTAs together. I know. You see, and if that had never happened, if you'd never asked that, that, we'd never have that experience. We'd have never had that experience. We'd have never wasted the last four years of our life. (laughs) (laughs) We've been trying to get Elephant made to, as a series or a film for like... Forever. When did we make the film? Five years ago? Or 2,000 years ago. And 2,000 years ago. 0019. Uh, <laughs> uh, before Adam... and No, just after. 19 years after Jesus Christ our Lord was born. Yeah. Uh, 14, <laughs> was 14 years before he was crucified. Uh, we were, began work That's on... That's knowledge. Uh, it's not, I've just done maths. Jesus knowledge. Oh, right. He was 33. <laughs> same age as... Chris Farley and John Belushi. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but uh, Jesus didn't die of a heroin overdose. Tell so, actually, let's talk about Elephant, because uh, how did that come about then? What was the thing of that? Well, I don't think I've ever had a, that discussion. It was, well, it was, quite, it was that, and then you, we were working on Uncle at the time. So I lived in Brighton in 2005, and I had an absolutely terrible year, awful year. And I made friends with a girl in Brighton, and uh, she basically saved my life in Brighton. And um, and that's that. Then I moved out of Brighton. And then uh, I always thought that that relationship was really interesting. And then for years I was thinking, I, I wanted to make it into something. And then uh, and I was always sort of like working with people, thinking who would be a good person to work with mm. on this project. Um, and there was like a whole list of like... Uh, f- uh, female comedians and uh, actors that I'd worked with that I thought, oh, yeah, and no one was right. And then when you came along, probably from the moment we did our chemistry test together, it was just like, oh, Esther's really great. And then we got on really well during the first series. Mm-hmm. And then the second series came along and it was just like, uh, and we got on really well. And then it was just like, and then I said, I've got this idea, mm-hmm. but and I, I specifically didn't want to write it myself. Mm. Uh, like a, a, I didn't want it to be like the male gaze thing about putting a woman on a pedestal, like a like a sort of Woody Allen comedy uh, when you're allowed to talk <laughs> about Woody it. Allen. But you know what I mean? There's yeah. all kind of like it's about uh, it's about a man 
Um, most romantic comedies are about men chasing women that are way out of their league, mm. and it's about mm. these perfect women. Not in Woody Allen films. In Woody Allen films, they fancy Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, he's, that, isn't it? <laughs> he's, it's, it's really, it's, yeah, it's really, um, it's very realistic, though, yeah. isn't it? When, <laughs> it's when, when you see Julia when, Roberts when, jogging and going, who's he? <laughs> when six-year-old Woody Allen is uh, letting down 15-year-old Mariella Hemingway uh, as, as, as easily as he can, <laughs> softly as he can. Uh, you'll well, find, he's a nice guy. So you'll he's find gonna... someone else. You're 15. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Manhattan. <laughs> Only in New York. Uh, well, no, that's the, sh- that's the that's the sad part. All over the place. Um, but um, I didn't want it to be like this thing. So it's very important to me that uh, I worked with someone that would write it with me. Mm. So that we got both points of view, mm. and you hadn't written anything before. I hadn't, and I really wanted to try to, and I kind of because I'd really been interested in it. And I remember us having a conversation in first series, being like, "Oh, I, you know, I'd be really, I, yeah, I kind of want to start writing stuff and just kind of sounding that out." And then this was a perfect opportunity because when I, whenever I work with people, and because uh, I come from writing, so um, I started out writing stuff mm. so that I could perform. And I feel like, and especially with stand-up, it's kind of like, well, what we've learned over the last four years is that you, you, when you get stuck in development, um, you're, you can't do anything unless you get permission to do it. Yeah, yeah. And so we've been basically going, we've got this idea. Yeah. We, 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 did, we did this, we wrote it in, we wrote it in two weeks. Oh, my God. We filmed it in two yeah. days. We edited it in a week. It came out on, we started it on the 1st of January. Mm-hmm. It came out on the 14th of February. Uh, and then a year later, we went to the BAFTAs and we were in the same room with Steven Spielberg and Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, George Miller. And we were kind of like, um, can we get a series? <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, we'll get a series. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, it's weird, isn't it? Because it was pitched as a series. Yeah. And, they, and it's like, it's weird, actually, because we can't actually picture it as a series. And you go, what do you mean? You go, well, the, the short is good, but we can't picture it as a series. And you go, but it was always meant to be a series. Yeah, but yeah. You, you asked us to make a short, and so we made a short. And now, and so it's like that. And so then we've been pitching it as a film, and that's taking a long time. We haven't given up on it, but it's getting yeah. more and more pathetic, I because keep saying. Because I feel like we're going to be in, like, our 70s and still pitching it as, I've got I don't a, know. I've got a, I've, I've got a grey beard, <laughs> and I'm almost 40. And I think the dynamic was when I was 35, it was kind of cute. Like it was, a, it was, a, it was a sweet romantic relationship, and now it's just getting a bit more sad. Well, Is it going to be like? Well, it kind of. I think it maybe makes it interesting in a different way. I think. It, I think we basically we're getting to the point where we want to work together again, and we want to write something again. Yeah. But what I'm, what I was saying was when, um, uh, yeah, and so it would be case if 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 and when. It, I mean, I'm sticking with it until I'm I die. Sticking with it, yeah. Right mm. <laughs> till the end. That's the part. Yeah, yeah. Because we've, we've done it now. now. We've yeah. done it. Yeah. Right. Sticking with uncle until the kid dies. No. Yeah. Sticking with elephant until Always you both die. Uh, elephant was the thing because it was just like um, I, it was such a nice experience making it. And you know we got to work with Laurie Rose, yeah, who's brilliant. Who I got to work with again on my boxing thing, but yeah. he's such a fucking nice guy. And really, because it was my first time directing anything, he was just so helpful. And I think there was a bit at the beginning where everyone was sort of taking the piss out of me because I said cut in the wrong place. <laughs> but and, and everyone, do you not remember? It was basically because I was in it and I'd, and I'd co-written it. 
and I was directing it. Yeah. There's a bit when we were going through the records in the in the charity oh, shop. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. And I wanted to check something just before. I think we said action, and I said, "Oh, yeah. hang on a minute." And then everyone was like, "You say cut, Nick," and I was just like, <laughs> "I don't want to cut." And everyone by that point was just pissing themselves, going, "Oh my god, he doesn't even know to say cut!" Oh, oh. Yeah. and then eventually I just I took Laurie aside and I said, "I don't know what I'm doing, Laurie. <laughs> um, I've got an idea." Uh, and I think that it will it, it, work, but I don't really know what I'm doing. So if I ever make a mistake, can you just sort of like, can you just like tell me, yeah. tell me the correct oh, way of doing it? And he was just like, and so the first day was really difficult. And then the second day, he just basically looked after me all day. Yeah, and yeah. Not like, I mean, not like in a patronising well, way. Well, he was holding your hand. <laughs> not just my hand. Oh, sorry. Yeah. My feet. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so he was just, yeah. Anyway, that, but what I'm saying is when you come from a stand-up comedy, if I want to work tonight, yeah, I can work tonight. Yeah. I know enough people that I can go, uh, can I have a gig? and Or can I go on and do mm. that? And I can go off and I can I can work tonight. When you're in TV, you're... You spend four years waiting for permission to do something, yeah. and you go like, "We got, we got buffed, we got." Yeah, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's unbelievable. It's yeah, it's kind, of, it's incredible actually. Where you're kind of because you just assume it's going to be, quite, I don't know, quite easy or not I mean, quite it, easy, but it's famously difficult. But then you just think, "This has been very difficult." Yeah, this has been <laughs> <almost> <laughs> But is it difficult. because you don't give up on it? Whereas most people go, "Oh, forget it," or they have that sort of. They have so many projects that they go, forget that one, forget yeah, that one, yeah, maybe forget it. Whereas I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like I've put so much into it. And yeah. obviously, I, I worked on it 10 years before you yeah, came yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I feel like I've put, I've put almost over half my life into it so far. And all I've got is nine, <laughs> nine minutes, 45 seconds out of it. But people still seem to watch it and like I it. I forgot to repost it on Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, me too. I mean... I'm, I'm so proud of it. Yeah, me too. I think because I also think that from a stand-up point of view, I am a character on stage. Yeah. And when I do Uncle, someone else has written that. Yeah, yeah. And when we did that, it was kind of like, it's got all my bad jokes in. And mm. uh, I feel like it's a better representation of who I am as a person than anything else yeah, that I've done. Yeah, And I just wanted the opportunity to do it. Yeah, yeah. And obviously we're best mates. <laughs> so it would have been nice to have worked with you. We will, we will. Yeah. We'll just, it'll either be another project before that or we'll just... Are you thinking of it more like those like before Sunrise films where you'll do them it's as gonna like... It's going to be increasingly like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't. I was thinking... <laughs> I was thinking... Well, we'll Is make it a bit it. like As Time Goes By with Judy Dench and it Jeffrey Palmer? That's what it will be like. That's the dream. <laughs> it was literally just like, right, we've got Bafton on 2015, 2016. And so we'll have finished the first series by August 2017. Yeah. That'll come out at Christmas, and then we'll do that. <laughs> and then I guess by the time I'm 38, uh, I will have moved on, and I'll be doing my next series. We'll have done three series of Elephant, and then I've moved on to my next thing. I'm now 38. It's just like, well, I guess by the time I'm 45, maybe maybe we'll get it done by 45. I don't know. I don't it's know. nice to have the thought anyway. We'll work out a way of doing it. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah. But, um, anyway, um, I'm going to play. Uh, that's how it came about. Yes. But basically, it wouldn't have happened without Esther. Um, and uh, yeah I just think that it was really great as much as I'm proud of it uh, it does annoy me that um, but people always say the girl's really good isn't she oh fuck off (laughs) I have paid them money she's alright right so we're going to play your favourite song now so without further ado here we go you pick quite a lot so we're just going to sort of rattle through them okay so this is a favourite this is the first one (laughs) 
<laughs> no, only joking. I do actually really like that song. Though. Do you? Uh, I yeah. do. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, this is this is this is this is it. This is it. This is it. Oh, this is it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is Mumble number five. There we go. That's it, favourite song. Oh, God, it. <sighs> You're awful. This is... Okay, no, sorry. No. Uh, the way this has worked, though, it's worked off really badly. Uh, we're going to have to play something else. There we go. <laughs> Oh, I've just pressed all the buttons, doesn't matter. Right, we're back. We're back. Uh, and uh, thank you for that, Esther. Uh, okay. Mr. Police Guy there by Ello. Um, <laughs> Joey? Ello. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yes, my, I've got my keys to my flat. Yeah. Terrific. Okay, move in directly after this, uh, so we'll rattle through the next 11 minutes and uh, yeah. anything. <laughs> got a game uh, today, yeah. Uh, also, if, uh, uh, thank you everyone for replying to the runaway train uh, thing that uh, oh, yeah. I was asking. Runaway Train is an Eric's, uh, Eric Roberts movie yeah. uh, that was made in, the, the I think, 1988. Uh, and basically, it was on TV in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 19, uh, Early to mid-90s sometime? Early to mid-90s. I think, in my memory... Um, it uh, it was 1994 uh, is the year that uh, Runaway Train was on TV. I'm trying to remember a specific date. Okay. And in my memory, I know that Runaway Train was on TV the night it happened. And uh, what I would really like to know uh, from the viewers, someone sent in 93, which is it's a year too early, and someone has sent in 2002, which is way too late. And okay. I'm trying to work out the date when Runaway Train was on terrestrial TV, and I think the year was 1994. Okay, so uh, right. so good luck, everyone. But there's some, there must be someone who knows. And there must be out. someone that knows and a way to find out. It's not, I think 93 is too early. I'm pretty sure Forrest Gump had already been out at the cinema, and that was 94. Okay. And I remember uh, having, a, having a chat around the dinner table about Forrest Gump, and then the next day, Runaway Train was on TV, and that's the day it all changed. Okay. Uh, and if I can find out that day, I can celebrate every year. Uh, okay. So keep those, keep, those, uh, keep those dates coming in, and, uh, and I'd love to know what they are. Just going to ask you a real quick question oh, here, God, uh, Esther. Uh, Tony Manero is the lead character in which movie? I know. I don't know. Come on, think. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm awful at Think, quizzes. think. Oh, Tony Manero. That's Italian. Like, that's yeah. Right, the yeah. No, no. 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 Uh, think of think of Italian oh, the pizza actors. pizza one. Um, the pizza one. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Famously, that's Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Do you know that Mario Mario and Luigi Mario was invented for the film? They're called the Mario oh. Brothers, and they said, well, he's called Mario, and he's called Luigi. So, And then when they go to the police station and they say, what's your, what's your surname? He goes, Mario, because they're the Mario Brothers. Yes. Oh. And when he said Mario, Mario, apparently the Super Mario fans were in absolute uproar. I can only imagine. And now it's become canon, isn't it? Now it's canon. Mm. <laughs> and ball. Is it Goodfellas? No. Oh, right. Saturday Night Fever, oh, isn't God. it? I'm, oh, I'm so bad. This is, oh. One more question here. Where are the <laughs> McAllister family visiting when they leave their child? Home alone. I know. They're visiting. They're going to New York. No, that's the, no. It's the second one. They're going to Florida. No. 
They're going to Canada. Why you do, you've got multiple choice if you need it. Oh, well, I didn't know that. No, we, you were so busy to <laughs> shout out the wrong answer that you so didn't what, even what, wait what, for it. Is it A, London, B, New York, C, to- Tokyo, or D, Paris? Oh, New York. I said New you've York. Already, that's Homeland 2. Oh, Homeland 1, but they're going to Paris. Yes, Lost they're going in to Paris. Paris. Lost in Paris. They're going Home to Alone Paris one. in Home Alone 1, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Uh, Matt Davis on the Twitter says, Elephant was brilliant. A film slash series would be amazing. Don't give up on it. Oh, that's lovely. Thanks, Matt Davies. Thanks. Really nice. If only there were another million more tweets like that. <laughs> and uh, we wouldn't... Yeah, no, Maybe Matt Davies is I a top film producer. I think we're going to go through it. Do you know what? I think that that's kind of, if we mention it enough now. We've kept it as kind of a secret. But if we mention it enough now, we might get it made. It's been on FUBAR now, guys. It's been on FUBAR. I mean, fingers crossed Joey Page is listening and he can uh, donate to our crowdfunding scheme. (laughs) Uh, We're not crowdfunding yet. Um, uh, Right, shall we play this game? Let's play play the fucking game. I mean, you've been an amazing guest. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's really great to have you in. And if you'd ever like to come back again... um, you know, we'll give it a bit of time for oh, another... Sure. a bit of breathing space. Yeah. Oh, uh, also, really quickly, what was it like being in Harry Potter, The Cursed Child? Oh, incredible. Mad. Yeah. Okay. Incredible and mad. That's incredible <laughs> and mad. Different, different story from what I remember you saying, but <laughs> let's play This is the, the game, game, Esther. So this is game is okay. better or worse, and you have to say if the next person is better or worse than the oh, person before, Jesus, based right. entirely on my own opinions. Okay. Okay, starting off with Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke, it's a high card. I love him. But yeah. is Edward card. Norton better or worse than Dick Van Dyke? Worse. I'd say worse. 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 He is worse. Yeah. Yeah, is worse. Kenneth Branagh better or worse than Edward Norton? Worse. worse. Better. Better. He's better. Uh, well, there is dead again. Is Bette Davis better or worse than Kenneth Branagh? Better. 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 Be- be- it's not better, it's Bette. Oh. Bette Davis. It's because it's got the E on the end, <laughs> yeah. so it's the yes. Good. Good stuff. <laughs> yes. Kiefer Sutherland. Is Kiefer Sutherland worse. better or worse than Bette Davis? Worse. I don't know who that is. Kiefer Sutherland? He's in 24. 24. Isn't he? He's in Lost Boys. Oh. Keith, is he's in Flatliners. Oh, worse? Worse, he's worse, he's yeah. He's not worse. He's Donald Sutherland's child. <laughs> is Donald Sutherland better or worse than Kiefer Sutherland? Better! He's he an is. outbreak! Better. He is better, yeah, better. he is better. <laughs> is Suggs better or worse than Donald Sutherland? Oh, better. He's worse, better. he is worse. <laughs> Fucking hell, <laughs> Donald Sutherland? <laughs> I don't know who Donald Sutherland Donald is. Donald Sutherland is in Invaders of the Body Snatchers. No. And Suggs, <laughs> I mean, is need in. I say more? <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a... Is Dennis Waterman, that's fan club, better or worse than Suggs? Worse. Better. Worse. He is worse. I do he like Dennis worse. Waterman, though. I quite like him. It's quite a high card. Roy Chubby Brown, better or worse than... <laughs> Roy Chubby yeah, Brown. Better or worse than Dennis Waterman. Worse. 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 Yes, worse. Are you saying that because you're on the radio? Because I know for a fact <laughs> you're a massive Roy Chubby Brown <laughs> fan. Huge. Huge Debbie Harry, better or worse oh, better. than Roy Chubby Brown? Better. You sure? Yeah. Final answer? Do you know what, though? They yeah. are both okay. high cards. She is better, <laughs> They're yeah. very high cards, High though. cards, though. The Chubster. I do feel seven. like I'm seven. saying um, seven. Oh, those God. things because I only know. The, the so, seven. You scored seven points. Uh, <laughs> okay. that, you, you, that's not bad. That's not okay. bad. Seven Pretty out good. of ten you got. So, uh, you're really in the yeah. same company as Hayley Campbell, Brett Goldstein, Charlie Higgs and Matthew Holness, Jim Hosking, uh, Laura Lex, Ian Smith, Josh Widdicombe and 
Sean McLaughlin. You're mm-hmm. not quite as good as 10, John Niven, Sean Harris. 9, Daniel Cook, Daniel Lawrence Taylor, Michael Legg, Solomon Gray. 8, Claudie Blakely, Jordan Brooks, Suze Kempner, Evelyn Mock, Paul F. Taylor, Rebecca Shorrox, Mark We've Smith and Carl Theobald. Uh, but you are better than 6, Drunk Women Solving Crime, Colin Holt, Andy Kindler, Merritt Larwood, Lucy Porter, Richard Sandling, Mark Simmons, David Trent. 5, Yasmin Akram, Rob Deering. 4, Jack Barry, Bunny Glore and fucking hell, 3, Sam Ashurst. <laughs> so, uh, so like, another lovely I'm week. Good company. I like being fair You are in. Business, you don't want to be. That's better than fair to me. That's a good score. You don't want to be 10. It means no. you've had no life. <laughs> and you don't want to be 3. Bear in mind, it's based on my opinion. <laughs> it is based on. It is entirely based on whether you can so. mind read what Nathaniel Metcalf says. But, but, but just spending five minutes with him, you can pretty much guess that uh, his favourite doctor was Tom Baker. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, yeah, brilliant. Uh, anything else that you want to say? Just, uh, now that you've got this platform, now I've got this platform. Keep and on, no, keeping keep, on, dudes. Yeah, just love, love, yeah, love, 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 live your joy. life. Yeah. You Want to say hello to my mum and dad? My mum, to your mum and dad. Yeah, they're yeah, listening. Hello. Oh, your, hello. Your, 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 your mum's not listening. My mum, she might be listening. She does tend to listen to. Hello, mum. Okay. I'm going to say hello to Bev. Okay. <laughs> hello, Bev. Uh, hello, Bev. Uh, she will listen. I'll te- don't worry, I'll tell her. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good, because we could do that. Do you think you could also ask her to do us a five-star review friends. on iTunes? Tell yeah, and tell her friends. Um, okay, cool. Uh, thank, thank you for coming, coming in, Esther. Thanks and for a lovely me. day. I'm going to check out my new flat. <laughs> That's jinxed it. Uh-oh. It's just all... It'd be fine. It'd be nice. I, I'm Touch very wood. worried. Touch, Touch wood. wood. <laughs> <laughs> I have been doing... <laughs> You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to FUBARradio.com.